What's up, everybody? This is Tom, and this is the first time I've ever done this. This is really new and exciting, but uh, I thought it would be wise. I thought it would be prudent to put a little disclaimer at the front of this episode um, because we're talking about something that's a little tender. It's a little deep. It's a little raw. Um, and for some, honestly, it might be a little triggering. We're talking about fetishes in this episode, and um, and there are times in the episode, I think we treat this episode with the with the respect it deserves. I don't think we get inappropriate, I, would, I wouldn't say. But there is a time, there is a part of this episode where, um, to give some context to what a fetish even is, defining it, understanding what we're even talking about, there's there's a part of the episode where I rattle off some a list of some. And so, um, as always, I think our, our podcast is, is self-explanatory that it's kind of for mature ears. Um, as we talk a lot of nit- about a lot of nitty gritty stuff on our show, but um, but this episode in particular just seemed like maybe yeah maybe just a little more of a forewarning would be helpful for some. So so if you're not at a place uh, in your journey to to think that you could handle a conversation about this, then maybe maybe skip this episode and join us for for episode seventy and beyond. But um, but it's our hope ultimately, and I, I mentioned this multiple times throughout the episode. It's my hope that. Um, any conversation we have on Yab, whether it's on the podcast or on the blog, um, that we can bring some light to dark areas. And and for so many, and I'm speaking from completely firsthand experience, um, something like fetishes is covered, drenched in shame for me. Um, and after I recorded this episode with, with Dean and Matt, I felt... I felt a little less alone. I felt a little less burdened in this uh, this particular area of my life. So, so it's my hope. It's our hope that this episode can bless you. I hope it does. Um, but there's the forewarning in case you need it. Uh, much love, brothers and sisters too. Listening. This is your other brothers podcast. Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast, Navigating Faith, Homosexuality, and Masculinity Together. From a very chilly Jewel of the Blue Ridge, my name is Tom, and I'm so glad you are here. Joining me today on this really monumental episode, we're going to get to that in a short, hot second, but from the mighty Midbest, it's our other brother, Dean. What's up, Dean? Hey guys, how y'all doing? Dean, you dressed up in more like a nice sweater tonight for episode 69. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't be too flattered. I'm still just actually dressed from church this morning. Okay, it's okay. Been- We're recording Sorry. on a church day, you guys. Um, and also joining us from the ever mystical, ever enchanting land of enchantment. It is our other brother, Matt. What's up, Matt? What up, guys? Matt, happy episode 69. You're dressed well too, but that's always the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like one of the fashion police yeah. persons here. You're, on you've got your denim jacket. Your, do you have a flannel under there too? I have a flannel and then nice I have like necklace. a long t-shirt. Yeah. I got a necklace, Beautiful. dude. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm, I feel so underdressed now. I'm wearing a sweatshirt Good. and sweatpants. We <laughs> should shame you. 
Yeah, same. but are yeah. they gray sweatpants? They are gray sweatpants. Mm-hmm. So there's at least there's at least that. Um, hey, you guys, Matt, Dean, we did it, you guys. Yeah, we 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 hinted at this however many episodes ago, three or four mm-hmm. episodes ago. We first hinted at this that episode sixty nine was coming, and we had a topic for it. Oh, uh, do you know what? You should start over and do it like with your uh, sexy voice, Tom. Tom has a sexy voice. I Isn't mean, he like could try. This? Is this my Ooh. sexy voice? That sounds that like better? weird Jesus. <laughs> no, this this is weird Jesus. Which, which honestly, we should have had weird Jesus call in. Uh, for the weird Jesus would have made a great cameo <laughs> oh. for our fetish episode. That's it, yes. yes. That's the title. For those that didn't know what we were talking about today, we're talking about fetishes and... Um, we're going to explain a lot, a lot about that, what the motivation behind this episode is, where it came from, why we're talking about it, why we're talking about today of all days. Um, I have a lot of thoughts, you guys, and maybe you guys do too, but um, I will say as a little teaser, and I've told the, I told this in the Yabbers group because I, you know, generally I'll post in our Yabbers group on Facebook and get their feedback um, for a lot of episodes. And I put this in my message to them in my, my, my post. I said, this is an episode this may be the episode I'm the most excited about, but certainly the one I have the most trepidation for and the one that I want to be the most intentional about, about just saying the right things and, and making sure the motivations are right and, and making sure just a lot of care goes into this episode more than any other episode I can remember ever doing. So I know maybe that sounds extreme and maybe that sounds like, what what's the big deal? But I... I have a lot to say about this topic and we're going to get to it with Matt and Dean, my, the only two people in the universe that I could imagine doing this episode with. So I'm so glad that they're here. And so thank you guys for, for diving into this world with me. <laughs> we're going to get to that um, in just a little bit. And I want to get there actually as soon as possible. Um, so real quick, you guys, I just wanted to check in with you because this is the last time we're going to be seeing you guys or hearing from you guys um, in 2020, AKA the best year ever. Um, so I want to hear just like, we're recording this a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. Um, and so that was really my, my only, my only intro, um, banter with you guys was just to kind of get some, what's the four one one. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Do you feel, um, do you feel like it's harder to be grateful this year because it's generally been a more difficult year? I feel like across the board, or I don't know, do you have any, have you given any thoughts to Thanksgiving, either the logistics of meeting with people, family, what have you, um, and just what your general emotions are going into Thanksgiving? I mean, I've given it thought because I will be thankful this year is over. That's for sure. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it just because my in-laws are actually living in town for the first time ever. Nice, yeah. So I'm excited about for living in the Midwest. Uh, Thanksgiving has always kind of been like either going over to a friend's house or, I mean, last year, Lisa and I just stayed home. Which was, it was fine, but it was just, you miss out on that. We mm-hmm. see everyone posting or everyone's traveling for families and we never had the chance to do that. But my in-laws moved here this past year. And so I'm excited because I'm going to go to my mother-in-law's house and I'm going to cook Thanksgiving dinner with her. And That's kind of excited about that. Um, so I'm trying to decide if I should do the American thing and then take over their house and kick them out. Um <laughs> Afterwards, I feel like that's the truer way to celebrate the mm-hmm. holiday uh, based on tradition um, is to take someone's property. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm excited about getting to do that. But yeah, it's been, I'm, I'll be thankful the year's over. And there's still things to be thankful for. But yeah, yeah, I absolutely resonate. I didn't even think about that. I was just like, oh gosh, what could I be thankful for this year? Like I have things, I definitely do have things, but, but maybe top of the list, thankful that the year 2020 
which was once a year. When, do you guys remember when 2020 was a year filled with such promise and hope and new beginnings and all the things people were talking about in January, 2020 vision is what I heard a lot. <laughs> and it's just all been, it's been like 2020 blindness. It feels like basically for the majority of the year. So I'll be grateful for that as well. What about you, Matt? What are you cooking up this Thanksgiving? Uh, for my Thanksgiving, uh, one of the things that I'm going to be grateful for and also thankful for is I'm going to be headed back to the reservation. So, um, yeah, I mean, of course, like Thanksgiving is like basically like legit Native American holiday. Although all people are saying it's like it's their it's their quote unquote um, uh, active like holiday or activism holiday where they try to support native americans it's like yeah it's like no you're not you're not showing support if you if you do just go to like a reservation your local reservation that's near you and just like learn a culture i always say that to everybody it's like mm. that's all you need to do that's how you show support but for myself i'm going to go back home to the reservation to meet my uh, parents a uh, couple of family we're going to go butcher sheep we're going to make some fry bread uh, i'm going to have yeah i'm going to have some uh, um some he uh, gonna have some ribs. Gonna have some mutton stew. Uh, turkey is basically a secondary like dish. Yeah, it's not the main dish. The main dish is basically um, sheep. So and then like we cook the 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 head of uh, the sheep, um, and everybody like goes to town on that. And of course we have like your your stuffing and all that stuff. But our main our main food is is sheep. So that's kind of like a behind the scenes for a oh Native American traditional uh, food festive whatever so I, yeah i love sheep like yeah i'm a, okay. I'm a huge fan i'm jealous okay. well well okay here's the thing there's a difference between lamb and sheep it's actually yes. the, the, there's a taste and texture to it yeah yep. so that was gonna so be my question of, is it different from lamb because i've had lamb but i don't think I've yes. ever had sheep yeah i i've had lamb uh when my parents were uh missionaries uh in canada and uh, all my family, we noticed like the, the taste is like, this isn't sheep is like, what the heck It's like, yeah, it's lamb. It's like, okay, well, well now we know that there's a difference. So, um, if you guys ever want to, uh, taste, uh, know the difference, go to, uh, the Navajo, the Navajo reservation will, uh, will take you to, um, like a place where they have sheep, mutton stew, whatever. And then you'll definitely, uh, uh, have like a different taste of sheep, but that's uh, what, yeah, that's what, what my Thanksgiving is going to be for. And also, along with that, today uh, is the start of uh, National uh, Native American Heritage, uh, Heritage Month. So, oh, yeah. congratulations. So I just remembered or, that. Yeah, thank you. What's the right greeting for that? Or what's the right response uh, for that? Not congratulations. That doesn't feel right. Happy. No, 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 no. Just happy. What was it? Native American Appreciation Heritage, Month? Uh, Heritage yeah, Month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, heritage month. So awesome. yeah, I mean, you can say that. I, I honestly, there's no uh, real way to like say happy whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, just just go with your gut. I mean, people I'll, say people say happy Black History Month, right? That's a phrase people use. Yeah, I guess so. Like happy that. happy Native American Month. I don't know. You yeah. could do that. Amazing. If only this were in October, or or if LGBT History Month were in November, you could celebrate both at the same time. Yeah, no, I kind of like it. Uh, no, I kind of, I kind of like. It was also Pastor Appreciation Month last month too. So there's a lot of pivotal months happening here at the end mm -hmm. of the year. That it is was. true. I got to, I got to be appreciated. Were you appreciated, month. Dean? I, I was appreciated. So. It was fun. So I, yeah, I guess for Matthew, I'll just, you know, I love you, Matthew. I'm glad you're here. 
thank you. You see me, you know me, blah, 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 all that stuff that I like heard throughout the summer, which was basically stupid. <laughs> so, um, as for me, you guys, I'm going with my family. And you know what? Because, you know, people, the listeners know I've been battling an autoimmune disease this year. I've been very careful about the numbers of people that I hang out with. Like if I meet with one or two friends, that's fine. I feel kind of like in general, pretty safe about that. Um, and I was hoping this Thanksgiving, like I didn't know whose year it was because, you know, my sister's married. My brother's now engaged. Happy engagement, brother. Um, and I've anticipated this for a few years now of like in-laws, you know, visiting the back and forth of, of Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. And so I was kind of hoping this year's Thanksgiving would be kind of low key, like just me and my parents, maybe a brother, maybe a sister or something. Just, you know, keep it very low key. But no, you guys, this is going to be everybody there. My brother, his fiance, sister, brother-in-law, two nieces now. And I think two dogs as well. I think they're bringing their dogs. So all of a sudden, I'm a little overwhelmed about this, um, about spending a weekend with 10 people. And I guess I'm just going to be wearing a mask the whole time and just going to be like being like, like being in the distance, like a hundred yards away at all times. Like I kind of, I kind of relish the role actually of like pitching a tent in the backyard, having a little campfire out there and then, and then beckoning, like, come, come niece, come visit your uncle. And <laughs> come Wow, Tom. Spending some time. <laughs> wow. Tom, well, I'm going mean, to relish the outsider role. Mm -hmm. This is going to be kind of like. So unlike me, but. Yeah, this is like a perfect uh, uh, situation for, for Tom because he's he's basically a loner, you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Your four, your fourness is going to be like. You, that's, you have something great to be thankful for, Tom. Yeah. You get to be, you get to be like peak four peak mood. Four. Yeah, I've, I've kind of joked with my parents about bringing my tent to pitch in the backyard, but I'm actually very serious about it. And it might, it might happen because my parents have a big yard and they're right on the lake and I might just sleep in the boat for, for, you know, all I know. Why not? I stay sleep in the boat, go sleep in the boat or pitch a tent. Like this, this is probably like maybe the only time you get to do this and have the excuse to do it. Because, so yeah, I say, the house I say, is going to be yeah. so crowded. My parents were telling me the other day, like, Oh yeah, you'll sleep in the basement with your brother. And I was like, no, I won't actually, I will not be sleeping with him because a, I'm sorry if I'm airing his dirty laundry, a, he snores, that's annoying. And then B again, I'm trying to just keep my distance in general. So I don't want to sleep in the same room with another human being that does not appeal to me whatsoever right now. So, so honestly, it just kind of makes sense for my physical health, if nothing else, but it absolutely taps into my emotional, um, longings and desires as well. So, so I'll have something to report on our post Thanksgiving episode, I'm sure about how my Thanksgiving went, but like Dean said, I'm above all grateful that this year is winding to a close. We're ready for this to end. We're just done. I'm done. Let's bring on whatever comes next because this has been, this has been more than enough <laughs> for, for the foreseeable future. Um, but all that being said, I hope everyone listening, whenever you listen to this, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're safe with your, with your family, whatever gathering you're partaking in. I hope you're taking proper precautions, staying safe as, um, for people listening to this five years from now, the coronavirus is still happening. That's a thing that hasn't just gone away. So, um, so yeah, just everyone take care of yourselves. And um, gratitude is such a practice. I mean, we, we've done a gratitude episodes, episode before, and it's just such a vital thing to stop and consider, um, like really consider, not in a cheesy way, but what are you actually thankful for? So I hope we all legitimately take the time to do that, not only on Thanksgiving, but in the days leading up as well, um, that this can be a time of, of gratitude leading up to that occasion. Um, but you guys, 
let's quickly, let's get through these announcements. There's not really a lot to share. Nobody called, nobody called this week. And I think it's because, um, I don't know, like we just had so much to say when our last listener called and complained about what I had to say about pumpkins and the horse and his boy and everything. And then Dean came at me too. Like, I, I just, it feels like maybe that's just turned people off to calling. I don't know. We haven't had, we haven't had a call since then. So I regret <laughs> nothing about what I did. It's like, Dean, um, how yeah. do you feel about turning off the listeners to calling? <laughs> I feel great about it. I, I have literally no regrets. If you're going to call then besides, Hey, I actually was agreeing with him. If I remember correctly, because Tom, we were, both, were. he was hurting you and I was agreeing with the listener. So you like, were. honestly, yeah, maybe they, maybe the, maybe they realized, oh, see, Dean is there and he's just going to say all the things to Tom that we want to say. And so they mm. just felt like, you know what? I don't know. I'm just, I've been trying to analyze why has no one called since then? And I just, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but um, maybe it's personal. Maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe they hate you. <laughs> you I mean, know. to, to, to quote uh, Patrick Starr from SpongeBob, maybe, it's, maybe it's because you're ugly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it can't be that. It's not, that's not it. Um, but in any case, no voicemails this time, but we love it when you guys call. And particularly on this episode, this is a tender episode. This is a, this is a dive deep episode. If this triggers something for you to share with us, um, we would love to hear it. If you feel like you have a story to share, a perspective to share, um, please share your thoughts on the Yab line 24 seven at 706-389-8009. I'd love to hear your voice and, um, yeah, share, share whatever your perspective, whatever story you have on the air. Um, I mentioned the horse and his boy. That is the next entry on the book club for next month. So if y'all want to join the book club, it's so great. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet because um, our last episode we recorded was pre-book club. So this is actually our first episode I'm recording post-book club. And you guys, for those that were there, they they know. They, they already know. But we talked about the Velvet Rage. There's about a dozen of us and it went so well. It was like, one of my favorite job events that's ever happened. And that sounds like hyperbole. It sounds exaggerated, but um, we talked for well over two hours and had an amazing deep dive discussion with um, just some amazing men all around the world. So, um, so the book club is, is the hot new thing with Yab. It's, it's going really well, had a great first time. And in just a couple of weeks, we'll be diving into the return of the prodigal son by Henry Nowen. So as of this recording, as of this episode, um, if you're listening to this, pretty, pretty, uh, recently, you still have a couple weeks to read the book. If you want to join in, um, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash your other bros for all the information. We would love to have you at the next book club. As I said, we had 12 people there and there was three or four who also wanted to come and they just couldn't make it that night. So we had the potential to have like 15 plus, And I think we've already gotten a couple, couple of new patrons since that, since that, uh, gathering. So, so it should be another solid gathering. We would love to have you if you're interested in talking about books books with us. It was a great old time. And you guys, we're already at the sponsor. We, we can't do any of our episodes without our sponsors. Let's just be real. They fund and fuel this show. They keep it going. They, without their support, we couldn't, we couldn't do here. We wouldn't have the equipment. We wouldn't have the bandwidth, um, either financially or emotionally. I mean, they give so much for the Yobcast. So in talking about fetishes today, Big, huge thanks to our sponsor, Feta Cheese. We love Ooh. you, Feta. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Ooh, is you were going mm. to say that? Same I here. Same here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we Why, could Why? not run this show without Why? you, Feta. It's I amazing. It's going to happen. 
It, guys, it's amazing it. that Feta jumped in. When they heard we were talking about fetishes, they were like, we're, we're here. We have been waiting for you to talk about this for 69 episodes. This is the one we were holding out until you got there. And so huge shout out, huge thanks to Feta Cheese. So for the listeners listening, we, we lost connection there in, right in the middle of our sponsor read. It was a very unfortunate thing. Um, there are sinister forces at work, you guys, that the anti-feta industry is not pleased tonight. So big thanks to Feta Cheese for spreading their love all over this episode. That was, that was what I was trying to get to before the connection cut out. Yeah. So. And I knew it. I knew you were going to say feta cheese. I was like, I know he's going to say something <laughs> stupid yep, like yep. feta cheese or something like that. Hey, <sighs> they reached out, man. I got to take the call. If they, if you're going to call me and sponsor the show, I'm going to listen. So Wait, but you just you, said feta. no one called the Yob line this week. So how did you get a call? <sighs> get your story not straight, Tom. No, <laughs> there's a difference between calling me and calling me if you get what i mean so i don't think i do but i want to now so we are moving on into our main discussion we are talking about fetishes you guys um and as i said at the start at the start this is a huge pivot from our sponsor of feta cheese but um as i said as i said at the start this is an episode that's been on my radar literally like from the beginning like i would say within the first batch of maybe 10 or 15 episodes several years ago um, this was a topic that I wanted to do and no joke, I would voice it here and there and nobody wanted to do it with me. And so it was never like, oh, we have to do this topic ASAP. Like there were other topics that were clearly at the more and more at the top of our radar, like talking about pornography or talking about, um, you know, various aspects of male relationships and bonding since it's, that's a big, um, thing that we talk about in our community. So, so I understood that fetish is okay. Maybe not, not, not a top priority of something we should talk about, but, um, but it's been kind of back in my mind again. And, and the guys and I, we were joking as we got closer and closer to episode 69, like how funny slash appropriate would it be to talk about like some sort of sexual topic? Cause we definitely aren't afraid to talk about sexuality on this show. That is a huge aspect of our conversation and along, along with faith, along with masculinity, um, among a host of other things. But, um, but yeah, when we started talking about it, started fleshing this out. I was really thrilled that you guys wanted to do this episode with me because um, I wrote a blog about fetishes a couple of years ago, and I'll, I'll definitely link that in the episode description. And I might read parts of it if it's appropriate later in this episode, but you can definitely check that out um, if you want to read my thoughts on fetishes, because I wrote about it um, in a roundabout way. And even that was, it, it felt very limp. It felt very like not, um, like, I don't know. It just, uh, flaccid. it was a very flaccid post. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to write about this. It's hard to talk about this in a public way that isn't salacious that isn't inappropriate that isn't like um i mean to just be blunt that isn't triggering for certain people so um so i've approached this topic with a lot of sincerity with a lot of tenderness and um and i'm just thrilled that i have two other people who can now approach it with me because i've kind of felt alone as far as i know i'm the only one who's talked about fetishes on yob and so i'm now roping you guys into the fetish conversation so I'm really excited, honestly, to hear hear what y'all have to say, and I really appreciate y'all taking the time to talk about this with me. And do you know why uh, we're probably the only two why? that want to do this? Because me and Dean have the balls to talk about it. <laughs> y'all got some big ones. I will say that. Yes, you. I'm grateful. Like I like I said, I'm so glad that you guys are are here today tonight 
taking the time to do this. Um, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to our three-way on fetishes. We're having a three-way. We're having a three-way on fetishes tonight, you guys. Stay tuned. Um, above all, my motivation for this episode, which was the motivation of the blog post, is just bringing light to darkness. That's kind of the ultimate motivation for why Yob does what it does. Is like we're talking about things that we feel like nobody else in the church is talking about, or, or they're not doing it in a way that kind of brings us to the table, brings us into the conversation. And so that's kind of my hope for this, for this next hour or so is like, we're not here to, you know, be inappropriate. We might laugh and cut up and joke because we're friends and that's what we do. And, and we're sorry in advance if it comes across as you feel like we're not treating this with respect or, or anything because, um, yeah, we just, we just want to treat this with respect and and the, the appropriateness that it does deserve. But inevitably, I feel like that's a commonality um, that I've noticed over the years. We can talk about serious things. Sometimes there's like a natural bodily response where you just want to like bring some levity to the situation. And so we might laugh, we might cut up along the way, um, but we hope you guys stick with us through the episode. And um, yeah, if you feel like you can handle it where you, wherever you are at whatever place you're at in your life right now, if you feel like you can handle this conversation, I think, I hope that it'll be a great um, one of the greatest conversations we've ever, we've ever had, honestly, because it's been on my heart for a long, long time. And, and I'm hoping that I'm hoping the Holy Spirit's in that, that, that something happens in this episode, that it's a breakthrough, a realization for at least one person listening, that you're not alone in whatever shame you're facing, whatever fetish, whatever fixation you're facing. Um, cause, uh, I'll, sh- I'll certainly share my perspective on it and, and we'll get Dean and, and Matt's thoughts too. But, um, first thing before we, before we get too much further guys, I, w- I posted this in the Yobbers group cause I wanted to get their feedback on fetishes. And I posted some questions that I'll be reading throughout the episode. Um, the first thing though, was defining the word and what is it? Because there was literally one person who had no idea what it was. And so I wanted to read a couple of comments because they just made me smile. Um, so one, one yabber, one dear yabber said, I almost fell out of my chair upon reading the word fetish, LOL. I had to look up the definition of fetish and found it helpful. So we have that perspective, which, you know, fetish, there was a time in my life where I didn't know what, what that word meant. So everyone's got to learn new words at some point. Right. Um, and then and then someone else wrote somewhat jokingly because there was, there's was a lot of like emoticons in, in the comment, which I can't verbalize. Like I can't verbalize laughing emoji, tears emoji. I mean, I guess I could, but, um, but it was also, I guess maybe a tinge of serious too, where, where he said is being a dude who thinks of other dudes in a sexualized way considered a fetish. If so, yes, I've got a fetish. I think it's because of daddy issues and insecurities about my masculinity. So Ooh. my first, <laughs> my first, um, the first thing I wanted to do was toss it to Matt and then toss it to Dean. And I wanted to get y'all's definitions. If you had to pull a definition for fetish out of thin air, um, what, how would you put it? Cause then I'm going to read the official one, but I want to see how closely y'all's definitions match up with like the Miriam, Miss Miriam Webster. She, she don't lie. So, so I'm going to see how, how well y'all match up with her. So Matt, you first, what is a fetish? Uh, uh, for my definition, whenever I think of fetish, um, besides feta cheese, Tom, um, which is dumb, um, is basically a, um, something that stimulates you through like a possible, uh, sexual activity. So if, uh, you are trying to, um, kind of be in the mood for like a sexual like activity with your significant other, uh, you need to do this thing first, and then from there, it stimulates you to be um, active in bed or wherever. So that's my definition of um, fetish. Okay, let's go to Dean. 
Now, Dean, it should be noted, you're a pastor, counselor. I feel like, um, not to say you're better than Matt, but you just have a different background than Matt. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. what, is your, what is your definition through your lens? Uh, the lens I've used is that a fetish would be any sort of approach, item, uh, thought, scenario, or part of the body that elicits, elicits a specific sexual arousal uh, that is perhaps not part of the mainstream approach of sexual intercourse. Yeah. I like both of y'all's definitions. I feel like it hits on, yeah, there's, there's some overlap there and I, I like how y'all put it. Um, let me say how Miss Miriam Webster, um, the queen of the internet, let's see what she had to say about fetish. She said, um, she said a fetish is a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. And I kind of wanted Miriam to like, be like, no, what else? Et cetera. What? Like, tell me more. What are, what are, what are the other things, you know? Cause there's obviously more if you say et cetera. Um, but that's all she said. She, she was like, I'm done. I, I can't keep this definition going much longer. So she cut it off there. Um, but you guys, okay. And I'm going to, I should have said this at the, at the top when I was talking about this episode, there's going to be a lot of reading. Cause I did a lot of research, you guys. And I went down some dark Wikipedia rabbit holes. <laughs> If you go to Wikipedia and start looking at fetish, you'll go, you'll go to some places. Let me just say that. So um, it was all in the name of research for this episode. I mean, there's a lot of academic stuff that I'm going to be reading to you, but, but that's just, my hope is that along the way, as I read a lot of things, I don't want it to come across as like a PowerPoint presentation and y'all are taking notes listening. Um, like I want to interject with Dean and, and Matt's and even my own thoughts as we, as we go through it. But there are some like I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot in pre preparing for this episode. Um, so it was, uh, it was, a, it was a joy ride to go, <laughs> to go through Wikipedia and to, to see all this stuff. But um, real quick though, before I get onto that Wikipedia rabbit hole, y'all, the, the re one of the reasons that this episode like struck something in me was actually, I don't know if y'all even remember this, but the three of us and several others, we went on a retreat to Colorado a few years ago and at Rocky Mountain National Park at the gift shop. I don't know if y'all were there for this or not, or who, who I even shared this with, but at the Rocky Mountain National Park, one of their gift shops, there was, I don't even remember what it was. It was a little sign or a little postcard or a little talisman, or I don't know, some little knickknack, but it said the word fetish on it. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and I picked it up and it defined the word fetish in a word, in a way I had never heard before. I was like that. And it blew my mind when I'm, when I'm about to read this description. I don't know if y'all know the etymology of the word fetish, because that was another journey and a half that I'm about to get into. So if y'all don't know what, where the word fetish even came from, I'm about to blow your minds, or at least I hope so. Um, but from that Rocky Mountain National Park gift shop, I saw this definition and then confirmed it when I Googled it, that there is a secondary definition. The original definition for fetish is this. Are you guys ready? Of course. <laughs> We're waiting. Are you ready for this? We're and waiting. Matt, Matt, you're going to have, I want to look forward to Matt's um, particular reaction to this too, when I get to the Wikipedia dive into this. Um, so here's the other definition for fetish, where the word originally came from. It is an inanimate object worshipped for its supposed magical powers or because it's considered to be inhabited by a spirit. So that blew me away that it used to be an object that was thought to be magical, worshipped, idolized. Um, and I mentioned this actually in my blog post. That's kind of the first part of my blog post as I saw this definition. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. When I look at my own 
fetishes, <laughs> I I see, I mean, I would never use the word worship, but I see the kind of like the stranglehold, the mystical, kind of like a mystical power that it's had over me for years and years and years. And so I see a lot of like appropriateness for that definition in my own life. Um, the article went on to say that fetishes were commonly used in some Native American religions and practices. So we're going to go straight to our Native American source representative. Matthew, do you know anything about this? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. You do? This is like, yeah. I mean, this is like, there's nothing brand new. Uh, well, it's it's kind of a hush-hush topic, but at the same time, like, it, it is also, um, we are uh, aware of it. So... Um, yeah, so it, once you said that, it's like, oh, okay. So basically it's, it's, it's a sexual spirit animal from what you were reading with all that, all that stuff. Sexual so, spirit animal. What a fun way mm-hmm. to put it. Oof. Yeah. So, so here's my question to you, Tom, what is Please. your sexual spirit animal? Well, see, here's the thing, Matthew, I'm not going to be sharing what that is because of the aforementioned blog post that I wrote. And we're going to get to reasons Mm. why and boundaries and such later in the episode. That's going to kind of wrap up this episode. So I appreciate your teasing the ending for everybody. Um, But I mean, I will say I have them. I have, I was actually taking a walk today and I was trying to think in my head, how many fetishes do I have? Like, what would I consider a fetish? Because that's like, okay, we've talked about objects and body parts. Let me actually go on and read the, the rest of this definition. And then I'm going to turn it over to you guys because because I was trying to figure out on my in my head and count like okay what would count as a fetish and how many do I have because it's at least two or three I think um, but let me let me read the rest of it um, so the article goes on talking about sexual fetishism to kind of put a category to it and um, and it talks about how sexual arousal can come from a particular body part which is classified as partialism have you ever heard that phrase Dean partialism. It's a partial, yeah. Okay. It's like a partial part of your body, but not the genitals essentially. So it's like some other part of the body that elicits a strong sexual response. Basically the Wikipedia article uh, went on to reference a 2007 study that looked at members of various internet discussion groups, which I'm sure there's a bounty of, <laughs> there's always a place on the internet where you can belong. Let's just say that <laughs> there's, we hope you belong above all else at your other brothers. But, um, but yeah, no, this study looked at different groups, forums across the internet, um, trying to figure out like where, what, what fetishes do people fall into? Like, what's the percentages and what are, yeah, what are people, I mean, yeah, to put it bluntly, what are, what are people aroused by? Um, and so of all the groups of body parts or features, 47%, so 40% of, um, people with a fetish in that partialism category um, would say that they had a fetish about feet, which is also called podophilia. Um, 9% had a fetish about body fluids, Um, 9% about body size, 7% about body hair, and 5% about body muscles. And then, I mean, and then there's like minuscule percentages of all the other body parts, but I found that fascinating, first of all, to see so many different body parts represented in the fetish body fetish category partialism as they call it and you guys so that's body parts there's also clothing fetishes um which yeah there's like different ones like stockings and skirts and footwear and underwear and whole body wear like jackets and such um there's also costume fetishes as well um and so there's all kinds of categories there's all kinds of variations of fetishes and um 
and it was really interesting that there were all these studies and done done to like get percentages. Like I, again, my mind was blown just seeing all the diversity of what people are drawn to and how there's actual studies um, from all these internet groups and then surveys of people as well to, um, to figure out like how many, what percentage of people are drawn to this, drawn to that, drawn to that. Um, so I mentioned, I think off the top of my head, I could count like three fetishes. I'm not going to say what they are, but amongst all the categories I just read, kind of just rattled off. And that's by no means an exhaustive list, but, um, of those there's, there's a couple in there that I would say, yeah, that, that definitely strikes a chord in me. Um, so my question for you guys was a, do you have a fetish or fetishes? Um, and how long have you known this? Or, I mean, we're not going to go too deep right now. I just kind of want to get lightning round. Like, is this something that you feel relates to you or, um, I know Dean, you, you've been in counseling and so maybe you have more access to this area as far as other people are concerned, but, but I just wanted to right off the top, kind of get where y'all are at with the whole fetish conversation, how it applies to your life. Hmm. Well, for myself, I honestly just like thinking about it right now. Um, I don't know if I actually do have any fetishes, uh, kinks. Yes. But fetish. Uh, okay. Hold on. How do you differentiate a kink and a fetish? What's your, what's your definition of a kink? Let's get all this correct uh well hmm. a kink would yeah actually that that's that's a really good question i yeah because hey I, I, wait a I've minute always, i've oh, always no. equated those two so i don't oh. know if they are different no no they're, they're they're different and tom you're supposed to be on top of all this stuff you're supposed to be our, our basically uh our, our dictionary for tonight do you know the difference between uh, a fetish and a kink I mean, I just told you, I thought they were the same. So you're telling me they're not the no, same. No, they're not. So tell me what, 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 what is a kink then? You're having trouble putting words to it. <laughs> can Dean, can Dean help us out? Can, can he help me out? Well, I mean, that's, I'm not going to really agree with you because I think technically a kink would be a subset of fetishes. Like I, I, it's a subset. It's a, it's a, it's within the fetish category. Uh, that's what a kink is because again, it's uh, the fetish is anything outside of like the traditional sexual intercourse and it's something specific uh, that's highlighted for sexual arousal. So a kink is still going to fit within the category of a fetish uh, kind of like Tom was talking about, like there's partialism, that's a body part um, costumes. That's a, that's a certain thing relationships. That's actually a fetish. So if anyone has a, mm-hmm. uh, to be blunt, like if, a, if you have daddy issues, yeah, that's a fetish. That'd I was going to say, so like yeah. an older person versus a younger person that you yeah. want that, for a sexual partner. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? That's still kind of part of the, the of the fetish category. Um, really in there talking about like a massive age gap between partners. So like, uh, you know, the 20 year olds who want to sleep with 40 year olds, that's still technically a fetish. So um, is that a fetish, but like not a technically. kink? It's. I mean, it might be a kink, but it's it's a subset of fetishes for sure. It's because be yeah, and that's the thing. Like we were talking about, I persist from the counseling perspective. So for me, it's while I'll help them differentiate what exactly it is, it still goes all into that area of okay, I have a specific sexual desire that may not be reflected in a typical relationship or the standard relationship, or it's something that in that relationship is going to stand out and is going to be something I need to work through, or I need to understand better. Is this good or is this bad? Is this harmful or is this beneficial? So for me, it really is all in that area of the sexual relationship, understanding, okay, is this something that uh, it, it, the fetish and the kinks, all that, the preferences, it all kind of starts light, blurring together into this category 
within sexual desire, which is there's the standard sexual intercourse, and then there is all the things that do not are not encompassed in standard sexual intercourse that mm-hmm. we have to then start sorting through and yep. start looking at more in depth. So Matt, okay, call so, it so call that, it a fetish or a kink, whatever you want. But what yeah, how okay, many okay, would okay, you have so, then? So, just to put a number on. Uh so okay. So if we are if we're kind of making the distinction between both of them, like for 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 fetish, um I don't there there um there are stuff that I don't need to 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 do to have or whatever to get aroused uh whenever like I'm having sex with another dude. Uh for kinks, it, that one is from from what I'm hearing is that um, I don't need like all that stuff. It can happen. I'm open to it, but I'm not like this needs to happen. Like in, in order to, for me to like be aroused for sex It's like, no, it's like, I'm dude, I'm basically your, your, your normal, like nonchalant type of person to, I don't know, whatever to do, to do whatever. So but to be clear, time, so some listeners yeah. may not know your story, Matt, Matt, you, and you've been very open with your story. So this is not like yeah. breaking information, but you've had sex many times, right? Yeah. If you want to hear my story, go back to the, the, uh, uh gay sex and hookup. Podcast. Yes. So and you, check out that, any of your blogs. You've written a few about those as yes. well. So all those yes. links will be that. in the description, but, um, but yeah, you, so you have a different perspective of it because versus me who I've never had sex. Um, that's where fetishes for me has brought a lot of shame because I've never had sex. Um, all of my fetishes, all of my fantasies, all the things in my head, it's all been in my head. Um, and any, any, um, what's the right word? Any activation of those fetishes has come through the internet as through, has come through viewing habits, be that pornography or, um, yeah, just other digital virtual avenues to kind of fulfill those fantasies or explore them. Um, it's never happened in real life. And so I kind of have this, I don't know, it's, it's just a, it's a hard thing for me to talk about. I've started talking about it in a very like fairly surface. I wouldn't say surfacey way in counseling. Cause I feel like it's been a little bit more pronounced than that, but, um, but not nearly to the extent that I would ultimately one day love to, cause I feel like it's still very, it's still an area very covered in shame for me because I have all these fixations and I want someone safe to talk about them with. And a counselor for me is like the clear, obvious person that I would at least start with, if not end with as well. And so, um, so that's kind of the motivation for talking about this episode. I mean, obviously I want to shine light on it for anyone listening, but even for my own life, like this is, this is a huge thing to just even start talking about it with you guys. And I'm really, really grateful to, uh, to have that. But, um, but what about you, Dean? Do you, can you think of any for yourself or do you kind of like Matt? Not, not so much. Oh no, I got fetishes. You yeah. do. Okay. I have, I have if you had to put a number on it, just to, to think about oh, where you are. I don't know. A dozen <laughs> or so. Maybe. More than a couple. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I honestly, I said two or three because those are the most significant, but I think if I looked at an exhaustive list, it probably would be kind of, I don't know if it would be a dozen, but it would be like maybe seven, eight, nine. Like I could easily see, um, things becoming more, more pronounced the, the, the deeper I, I look into what, what even exists, what, what even is out there. And um, we had one, I wanted to read some comments from the yobbers cause I asked them that question too. Do you have any fetishes? And, um, I wanted to be again, very appropriate about this conversation. I didn't ask them to list them or anything. I didn't want to, to go down that trail, but I just wanted to hear if anyone even had any, um, and what their perspective are. And we had a couple guys who said that they didn't have any, um, which is, you know, I'm glad that they responded to that as well. Uh, and there's some that responded that, that they definitely did. Um, one said, I definitely have a preferred type quote unquote type, which is derived from my ideal body image. 
And so again, I think that can, I relate with that comment because I have in my head an ideal body image as well. Um, and with that partialism body parts, like I definitely think about certain parts of the body that maybe you wouldn't think would stimulate some sort of sexual response, but I, I definitely experienced that too. And so, so that's some, that's something that I experienced. Um, um, someone else says, I feel like, cause I was also asking them, like, do they know where it came from? We're about to get to origins and roots. That's kind of our next segment of this conversation is where do these fetishes even come from? Do you have any idea? Um, and someone responded, I feel like it's tied to missing out on certain normal bonding experiences with other guys as a young man. Um, so he has kind of a relational, I guess, a relational route to this fetish. Um, and then someone else, which I'm really grateful he shared this. He said someone else has um, has a fetish directly related to the abuse that he suffered from somebody. So um, so it's um, that's another potential source for for the fetish. Dean, I want to go to you because like you, you've counseled people and then they've talked about fetishes. Like, do you have any thoughts just off the top of your head about like roots and origins? Because I almost feel like you know, we have the big debate about like, are people born gay? Like, do you, are you born with, with the gay gene and are you born gay from the womb or is it something that you adopt through your environment? And that's a huge debate that will go until the end of time, I'm sure. But um, I almost feel like from my vantage point anyway, fetishes feel easier to like diagnose or pinpoint, at least some of them are, maybe not all of them. Cause I can look at my own life and I can see like, okay, I went through something in childhood where I had all of a sudden a fixation on something and then boom, this is something that I'm fixated on years and years and years later. Like what is, what's your vantage point on that? Yeah. I mean, that's in counseling when you're working with someone in the, you're talking about a fetish with somebody, the, the only time you start digging into the roots are if they want, if they don't want the fetish. So, cause the way, the way, way, the way I approach it in counseling is okay. The first thing I observe with the fetish and this is a long Apologies for the long answer. This one. first thing we have to determine with the fetish is: is it harmful? Um, so, in other words, is their going is their fetish going to end up causing themselves or their partners um, long term uh, psychological, emotional, spiritual, or physical damage? Because if it does, we have to start working through it. If it doesn't, but they're just they're not they don't want that fetish or they want to find relief from it. That's when we start looking for the roots of it. Uh, and it's, there's sometimes there's roots, sometimes there's not. Um, you can ask that. I mean, for there are some fetishes that it's pretty obvious. Like, okay, this this could be rooted in something, definitely from childhood or, or experience. Uh, for others, there's not a reason for it. Um, and, and thinking about some of the individuals I've counseled, yeah, I think I've counseled individuals who have a fetish, and there's not a they. There's no reason. They're just like, no, I've, I've this has kind of always been around in my life, or since I went through puberty, this is what I've liked. And they don't have a reason for it. I've counseled other folks who they have a very specific reason. And so we talk about that. Uh, but even then, the one of the dangers in talking about – anytime you talk about the roots of anything sexually, one of the dangers is not – is to – we don't want to look at the roots of things sexually to try to figure out a way to fix it. We want to look at the roots to understand better how to live with it. Um, whether that's living, whether living with it looks like engaging in it with a partner or living with it looks like not engaging in it with a partner and understanding what it looks like to resolve that desire in a healthy way outside of a sexual relationship. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a toss up like anything and uh, like anything when it comes to 
sexuality and sexual relationships, it's going to come down to a very tight mixture of nature and nurture to where, mm-hmm. yes, and it can be the same thing. You can have people, two people can have the same fetish and have completely different reasons. One person can't name a reason, the other person yeah. can't. Yeah, someone actually someone actually commented about that, and I don't have it copy pasted right in front of me. But someone actually said that that yeah, you could have two people experiencing the same fetish, and they got there in completely different ways. Um, and so it's not just like a one size fit all. Um, surprise, surprise! Sexuality is a very diverse, complicating thing for everybody. Um, let me read the rest of this little deep dive on origins, and then we'll we'll bring back Matt from his his dark car. All I see on Matt's screen is like a singular light in the distance. I don't know what that is, but don't swim toward the light just yet. Matthew stay, stay right where you are. I'll try. <laughs> I don't know what that light is. Um, so, cause I was curious about origins and just like, yeah, could what's, what's the, what's like the scientific um, like medical industry approach to, um, to fetishes and, and, and where they come from. Um, so here's some stuff that I read in prepping for this episode. Um, it seems like it's, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of consensus that fetishism, um, is, is something that usually becomes evident during puberty might develop prior to that. No single cause for fetishism has been conclusively established. Uh, most fetishes are visual in nature and males are thought to be more sexually sensitive to visual stimuli. Um, there's a doctor that suggests that male sexuality is unchangeable except for a brief period in childhood during which fetishism could become established while female sexuality is more fluid throughout life. Um, the prevalence of fetishism is not known with certainty. The majority of fetish fetishists are male in a 2011 study, 30% of men reported fetishistic fantasies and 24 and had engaged in fetish fetishistic acts. Um, of those reporting fantasies, 45% said the fetish was intensely sexually arousing. Um, so I found that interesting because I was also curious about men versus women and what the, the breakdown of that goes. So it, it does make sense. We've always heard growing up, like men are more visually, generally across the board, like men are more visual creatures. Women are more like um, emotional, relational, I guess. Um, and then seeing kind of how that translates to the stats with fetish fixations. Um, I feel, I don't know, I feel simultaneously affirmed that they're, that I'm not alone in having fetishes, but I was hoping the number would be better. I was actually hoping the number would be greater. And I don't know how accurate this is or what the study was, but 30% feels low to me. I don't know. I was, I was thinking that it would be higher than that. Well, and I think some of it also includes that fetishes are still something that people are just not going to share. Um, yeah, I know you said we had some. Agreed. I know you said we had some yobbers who said they don't have them and I'm not going to say that they're lying, but I, I it's a hard thing to admit. And also, I think some of it also goes into people just, they assume fetishes are these very way out there things rather than recognizing that fetishes can be, like I said, the fetishes can be like the age difference. Um, fetishes can be uh, like a, an obsession with a hair color. Like that's, yes, there's preference, but if you're like, if you are, like a fetish can be like if I see someone with that hair color, like I start getting aroused. Like that can yeah. be a fetish, and I ha- I've talked with people who have had a fetish surrounding a hair color, to where literally they see that hair color, there's almost an immediate arousal. It doesn't matter what the rest of the person looks like; that it's the hair color, and so like that's something that maybe it's like it's the. Uh, you know, more accepted version of a fetish or, you know, like Matt said, like, oh, it's a kink, not a fetish. 
it's kind of still in the same category. Yeah. So I think it's or like, what's, yeah. I guess again, it's like trying to figure out how to define these things or like, what's a turn on versus what's yeah. a, or what's a fetish. Cause it almost feels like if you call it a kink or a fetish, you're making it weird or you're making yeah. it abnormal or you're making it like you're putting some sort of stigma on it versus, Oh, I'm just turned on by, by blondes or by blue eyed, whatever, or by Southerners or, you know, like there's, yeah. there's layers to this. And so I'm not, I don't know what the right, cutoff or definition of what meets what it's not really important for the sake of this conversation. Cause we're just talking about, um, kind of, yeah, talking, talking about these things that are, um, yeah, that cause a sexual response. That's basically the essence of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for whatever you were going to ask me. Me? Cause you're, yeah, you're going to, you're going to like uh, put it, put it to, to me. And yeah. yeah. Like, okay, well, in talking about origins. Yeah. I wanted to see from you, Matt, just like, you know, you've, you've had sex with many men. And I, I don't know if you've ever put any thought to that of like, where did this come from? Or, or if there's any particular type, um, that I'm into or any particular, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to speak for your sexual experiences. So I, I've just always wondered about that in prepping for this episode and having that conversation with you is like, can you trace that to anything? Or is that just like, not important? Like it is what it is. Like you don't waste time trying to think about where it came from. Yeah. Well, um, for, okay. So when you guys are talking about that stuff, it actually made me think like I I most likely do have maybe two or three fetishes. So I'm just just to like hear you guys' response and um discussion, dialogue about all this stuff. It's like I it's like I, I bet I have like two or three um fetishes. But um majority of them oh well actually uh, there's only one that started from childhood and it's still um I don't want to say linger, but it's still there um even to this day. Um, that I, I, I know one is from childhood, but I can't pinpoint it where it came from. Well, actually thinking about it now, I actually do. I know where it's from, but, uh, other than that, like other, like the other you guys, we're uh, uncovering revelations upon revelations with this episode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, well, that's, that's what happens when we it. actually talk about, I know, right. We talk about we're our, light our to the dark. Uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our stuff, our quote unquote baggage if you want to like yeah. make it negative but we don't have to make it negative because it sometimes isn't negative if you're from the upper midwest baggage oh god <laughs> did i say that, did i say that right dean you're uh, sort of in that part of the country i am not from the upper midwest thank you very you're like much. i am you're in the middle i am <laughs> middle midwest thank you mid midwest much. mighty mid midwest all right guys, I'm still talking. oh i'm sorry matt finish up please because we got to get to sigmund yes. freud <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Fine. So, so anyways, like, uh, what I was saying is that like you, I mean, sometimes you don't, you don't need to be like shameful of that. And, uh, and, and for myself, like me having sex with a lot of people, I have met people who have fetishes. And for me, it's like, I, you do what you do. I do, I do me. And, um, sometimes it's, uh, very interesting to hear stories. I definitely know of one story that this person definitely had a fetish and just hearing that story was just in my mind is like, how the heck did you get this, like uh, this idea or this arousal during this specific thing? Uh, but at the same time, like I didn't want to judge him. I was there just to listen. And then after that, like me and him have, had, had sex after that. But um, with, with, with that, um, yes, there are some stuff that like you should work out others. I mean, it's really not that bad. And um people who are 
learning about them more themselves. Um, I think it is it is a good thing. It most likely is a healthy thing to to definitely talk this out and and find out. And it, I mean, if it doesn't go anywhere, then that's okay too. So we, for for us, uh, Yab uh, people, we're here to listen to you, to affirm you, and to cast no judgment upon you. So I'll say that for mm-hmm. myself. This is what. Sigmund Freud said, you guys, are you ready for this? No, I am not sure. ready for this. I am not ready for whatever sure. Freud said. We're going we're gonna to have a camera uh. cut. We're going to have a camera cut straight to Dean upon finishing what Freud had to say about sexual fetishes. Um, Freud believed that sexual fetishism in men derived from the unconscious fear of the mother's genitals, from men's universal fear of castration, and from a man's fantasy that his mother had a penis, but that it had been cut off. (laughs) Of course he would say that. (laughs) Dean, what do you have to say about that? (laughs) This is the aforementioned laughter that I'm bringing to this super serious topic discussion, Um, learning about Freud's thoughts. If you guys could only see Dean's facial, like, expression. There's a lot of shaking of head. While Freud did have some significant contributions to the world of psychology, I think it's safe to say that pretty much all of modern psychology has looked on Freud and just, they all have the similar reaction of shaking their heads and being like, this guy was on something. Like, he was on a power He screwed us over. Yeah, literally screwed us over. My favorite thing to remember about Freud is the fact that this is, yeah, this is not, that's, that was Freud's whole thing was, uh, women have penis in me and men have penis fear. He was all about the penises and everyone always brought this up to him. And there's one of the things that he talked about was that, Oh, men smoke cigars because, um, or if you, if a man smokes a cigar, it means that he's obsessed with the idea of a penis being in his mouth. Like, Oh, I never heard that. And there's this famous quote from him. Wait, hold on. I've never smoked. I've never wanted to smoke a cigar. That makes total sense because I've never wanted a penis in my mouth. I enjoy cigars. So take that for what you will. But here's the (laughs) thing about that. So Freud said that, but it's like, oh yeah, a cigar. Like if you're smoking, it's because you're obsessed with, you know, having a penis in your mouth. And so one day he was spotted smoking a cigar and someone asked him, they said, Freud, uh, you, uh, you're smoking a cigar. So what does that say in relation to your theory? And he looked back at the person and goes, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And it's just this concept of where he's like, I basically, basically, he's just like, he come, tells everyone, it's like, oh, if you're smoking, it means you want a penis in your mouth. And then as soon as he's smoking, he's like, it's just a cigar, guys. Hypocrite. That's bull crap. Because I think you might want a penis in your mouth. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, no, so Freud, it's just his whole thing was his whole theory of psychology was this idea that from birth, we start developing these very mature ideas of sexuality and that they're rooted in things from our birth. He believed that pretty much the reason why men were obsessed with women is because men grew up sucking on breast if they were breastfed. Um, but for some reason, women weren't. And then as you grew older, uh, men had the Oedipus syndrome where they were jealous of their fathers because they wanted to marry their mothers. And so they wanted to kill their dads and sleep with their moms. And then girls had the same thing with their fathers. They wanted to kill the mom and they wanted to sleep with their dads. And there was all that's why mother-daughter rivalries exist. That's why men grow up to be stronger than their fathers because they're competing with them. And so Freud is just this massive mess. And to 
yeah, if if someone's like, well, I'm trying to understand sexuality, so I'm going to read Freud. Please tell them Freud. to stop. Please <laughs> tell them to put Freud away. Yeah. Tell them to put. Freud yeah, well, away. please. Yeah, well, you could tell that he he definitely had some fetishes. So, oh, yeah. big time, big time, guarantee. He and his whole. We're gonna. Yeah, but we'll save. Well, this is just a teaser for our Sigmund Freud podcast. We'll do that. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that episode one sixty nine. That would be fun. <laughs> no, let's no, table that for now. No, um, no. <laughs> I was so I was curious though because to wrap up origins and figuring out because scientists have tried to figure out like why where why are people attracted to certain things that they are and and good old rats you know like we use rats to solve everything we do studies on rats for pretty much everything and so it was no surprise when I was learning about fetishes and studies and trying to figure out why we're attracted to things like, of course, there's a study with rats involved. Why not? Um, and I thought it was so cute because like they inject certain mat. I mean, this isn't cute injecting the rats with like morphine and other things to like stimulate them. But, but there was one study they did where they put a Velcro jacket on certain rats and they used that. I don't know what the, the details of the study were, but they put like little tiny Velcro jackets on the rats to figure out like what they were stimulated by basically in the, in the experiment, um, where they're injecting them with morphine and other chemicals, I guess. So, um, and there's, they've done other tests on like, like there was one they did on chimpanzees who developed boot fetishes. There was like, they would put a boot into the cage or something and, and like the monkey starts masturbating on it and stuff. So there's like all kinds of like scientists have had a fun time trying to figure out all, all the things that, um, humans and animals are, are attracted by. So there's, there's, no shortage of tests and rabbit holes you can go down figuring all that out. We uh, at Your Other Brothers do not advise you look up chimpanzees masturbating on boots. Please. <laughs> please don't. You know, please don't do just that. Take my word for it. Just take what I just said and just run with it and, and uh, run away from it, rather. Not run with and it. If, and if you feel the desire to do that and would like to discuss that with the council, please reach out to me at dean at yourotherbrothers.com and I'll be happy to. Yeah, to reach out to Dean. He would Don't reach to out him. to me. I'll just make fun of you. Matt will make fun of you. I will actually, you know, respond and be like, "All right, let's mm. have a conversation about fetishes and what." This yeah, looks let's like. dive deep. Let's be real. no, no. Okay, so 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 if you ever message me about this stuff, I'll basically give you the hard truth, the hard facts about what's going on. But if you want more of a compassion but yet truthful uh, way to handle this, contact Team. If not, you can contact me. I if not. Don't co- yeah, don't con- contact Tom because he'll he'll just basically giggle. He will just giggle. I appreciate that you called me truthful, man. I th- I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So sweet. So so much camaraderie tonight on this fetish um, conversation. Um, as we start to wind this conversation down, you guys, um, this is the stuff that we've been hinting at from the beginning. Matt Matt directly asked me what my fetishes were, and I'm just being blunt. I'm not about to say that on the air for. <laughs> God knows how many people to listen to. That's that's not happening. Um, it all comes down to boundaries for me. So I wrote this blog called The Fetish I Can't Talk About. And in that particular blog, I was only thinking about one fetish. But I know since that time, um, I've thought of at least two or three. And just like I was telling Dean earlier, like I could probably rattle off three or four more if I really wanted to get super specific about what is a fetish. Um, but these two or three big ones are kind of the ones that are, are blaring in my head right now as I even think about it. Um, and the reason I don't talk about it is because of this issue of boundaries. and and the, the first time, and it's, it's written in the blog post, so y'all can go check out that blog if you want to check it out. But um, the first time I ever had this thought um, of talking about my fetishes, should I or shouldn't I, um, came from a conversation I had 
right after I wrote my first book, actually. So this would have been seven years ago. And I really distinctly remember this conversation that I had with another guy who also experiences same-sex attraction. And, um, you know, at the time I was just starting to put my story out there. I just written my book a few months prior and, um, and starting to like meet with people either virtually digitally through email or like starting to drive around the country, drive to coffee shops and meet up with people and hear their story. And, and so I got to, to grab coffee with this one person and, and again, this is like no shade on the person because he didn't know what he was doing. And this was brand new to me. But all of a sudden, he started telling me about one of his fetishes. More than just being attracted to men, he started getting very specific about um, about what he was attracted by. Um, and <laughs> when, when I was listening to it, I was on the one hand, I was very like honored to be let in and to feel like, wow, this is like a really big thing that he's sharing. Like, I'm, I'm grateful that he trusts me to share that when he hardly even knows who I am, you know? But um but on the other hand, it also piqued a curiosity in me because what he was describing was something I had never thought about. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's a thing. Like I can go to YouTube right now and I can find that, <laughs> what you're just describing. Like, that's interesting. And, and like, thankfully from, for my case, like when I searched it, it didn't really like, like I was curious about it, but it didn't evoke that, that sexual stimulus that, that, you, that would classify a fetish. But, but ever since that happened, I've been so paranoid about like, not putting some elements of my story out there, just being wise about it and not putting parts of my story out there um, that are going to be triggering for people that are going to either, either people have that same fetish. And now the way I've described it is like, I don't want to trigger you. And I also don't want to trigger us. So like, what if I also share a part of my story, um, a fetish that someone else reading, or even one of my good friends also experiences that same fetish, then what, you know, what happens, what happens next? Does that create a, a sexually compromising situation down the road. I don't know, because for the most part, I'm not drawn to the sex itself, but it's almost like everything around the sex. I don't know, Dean, if you can psychoanalyze me right now, but it's like, I've never been drawn to having sex with another man, but it's like all this other stuff, um, these fetishes, kind of these other things that are more sexually arousing to me than even than the penis itself, just to, to be blunt about it. Um, like, I don't want to ever be, put myself in a compromising situation by revealing some specific aspect of myself that someone else might also experience. And so I've just been very conscious to not talk about those things and to save those for the counselor's office. And then like, once I, my, in my head, the rule goes, once I figure it out there, then I can figure out like, okay, is there a friend I can tell? Is there another trusted mentor or, or somebody else that I could maybe talk more about? Because, um, cause I've searched some, I've shared some surfacey things with people, but nothing I've never shared the all the way to the bottom of the well with any human on planet earth. And so that's something that I that I want to do eventually, but I just feel like I'm not there yet. And so, um, so that's where I come from as far as boundaries and sharing about this with people. But, but, um, but yeah, what do you guys have to say about that, <laughs> about boundaries and how do you talk about this the right way? First, do you want me to psychoanalyze you? Cause I can very tell you, please do Tom, you're a four, your whole thing is about, you know, people fighting to be fully known. So for you, all of your desire is for the things on the exterior of intimacy to get you feeling mm -hmm. intimate without the direct intercourse so for you penetration yeah you wouldn't feel intimacy from intercourse because it's what everyone else does it's too mainstream it's too everything yeah. else. for you yeah. your intimacy comes from everything else around it so literally you just have to paint around the entire target and that's it for you it's your whole foreness of i want to be known but you have to fight for it i want to be known but mm. not really known because if i'm known it means i'm not unique so that's why um wow who, why pay for counseling when I can talk to Dean every few weeks on the podcast? You know, that's, that's, that's one way. Of I know it's it. great. I love how you use sarcasm <laughs> to divert from me being truthful. Anyway, 
Uh, Tell me more. (laughs) The boundaries are appropriate. And that's something to keep. That's always something to keep in mind. That's that's a larger thing with just sharing our stories. What I always encourage anyone I talk with, and the first time I had to counsel someone who came to me with a fetish, I, I went to one of the counselors, licensed counselors that does peer review for me. And I said, okay, I said, here's, here's my thought on my approach to fetishes. What do you, what do you encourage me to do? What would you recommend? Uh, and her recommendation, it, it was spot on. She said, okay, remember the first thing is do no harm. So she said, second is if they are, a fetish is, o- is only bad. If it again, causes damage, uh, long-term damage to an individual or their partner, or if their partner is uncomfortable with the fetish and does not want to engage in it willingly. If those two things are clear, then a fetish is fine between that person and their sexual partner. There's no issue with it. Uh, the issue comes into play if there's if there's damage in any way, long-term damage in any way, or if they're forcing their partner to do something their partner is uncomfortable with. That's when you have to address a fetish as a problem. But it's not really the fetish itself per se. It's more of the consent and the boundary that's being violated. So boundaries is critical in the conversation because if you're talking about – it should be a, converse, a thing anyway. You shouldn't talk force someone into a conversation in which they're not comfortable. You shouldn't force someone to talk about something that they're not okay with discussing, whether it's the, you sharing too much information with them or you wanting too much information with them. So that's that's something in my, to keep in mind anyway in general. But yeah, mm-hmm. so with fetishes – Boundaries are always going to be part of it because whatever your fetish is, you need to have boundaries with a partner that is going to engage in them with you to make sure that you're never going to cause harm to your partner or end up causing harm to yourself uh, if it's one of the more extreme fetishes that exist. Yeah, which you can go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole for extreme fetishes. Please do not. I do not recommend. I do not recommend. (laughs) And then read a big Wikipedia article on Sigmund Freud to go with it. Um, Here's a couple of Yabber statements, what they had to say about talking about it, um, being able to share with people. One guy said, I've shared my type, quote unquote, with a couple of close friends, but sharing specifics feels like a bridge too far, even though a part of me wants to, my desire to know and be fully known by another man. And I feel that tension of like, like in a perfect world. Yeah. Like I kind of feel this inclination to want to blog about everything, you know, like I, I want to be vulnerable. That's, that's what Yab is. One of our values is vulnerability. And we, we definitely want to be vulnerable, but how to be vulnerable in like a wise pragmatic way. Like that's, that's, that can be hard sometimes. And for me, fetishes is a topic that um, is very gray. And so again, I'm glad we're talking about it here today. Um, One other Yabber said, one time my therapist told me the shame is in the details, meaning we hide our shame by hiding the specific details about our desires. And so on the one hand, I'm so thrilled with a place like Yab because we obviously we talk about our attraction to men. That's like kind of the top layer of our vulnerability is like, okay, we admit that we're all attracted to men in some capacity. Some of us on varying spectrums of that, most of us single, some of us married to women. Um, but there's an attraction to men in our community. That's, that's like the first layer there. Um, when you start getting more specific and, and certainly fetishes is a very, it's starting to get more specific. Um, a lot of people have a lot of shame in, in how much they can share. And a lot of people would even look at what we're doing and like say that even sharing that we're attracted to men is too much, right? Like we need to not even talk about that. So, so it's figuring out like who to talk to and, and how much to talk about. And, um, this particular Yabber mentioned he's in therapy. And I think a therapist, a counselor is an amazing place to at least start. Um, if you want to start processing those deeper things. 
Matt, do you have anything else to add about shame or boundaries? Do you talk to anybody about your kinks or whatever you would call a fetish now? Um, yeah. Uh, some of my friends actually know my uh, fetishes and kinks and or kinks. Um, I don't know. It's, it's more, I, I, would, I would also add, it's uh, when you're talking about this stuff uh, with your partner or maybe if you're like me, multiple sexual partners and uh, you get to learn more about yourself and you get to learn uh, you get to learn more of how to read people, how to uh, talk to people. So I'm mean, like, for, for myself, there are people I know that um, if I do talk about it, they, they can't handle it. And others, um, I know, um, even just by, by, by looking at them, I, I can sense them. It's like, hey, I can, I can uh, talk about this um, uh, uh, either like in a service level or detail level, just depending on, again, the person. Um, that's like, I can be safe and, uh, be, um, aware of how much I can, I can, uh, um, talk about and all that stuff. But, um, it, it just depends. It just depends on, uh, not only you, but also the other person. And once you actually find a few people, um, that you can actually tell then from there, like, um, I would say it's, it's freeing, but at the same time, it, it just becomes like, I don't know, normal and kind of common sense. And once you know more about yourself and your fetishes and, um, and, and then from there, you kind of learn, I would say, um, maybe to the points of self-control of just like how you talk about stuff or what you do. And then from there, like it, it, it becomes like a, um, it doesn't have to be like a, a make or break type of situation, uh, whether you and your partner or your friends talk about that stuff or you and your partner doing that stuff. Um, and then from there, it's like, oh, it was like, well, it's just another thing. And then uh, from there, um, you can do whatever. For for myself, like, I always joke around saying that I'm going to make fun of you. But, uh, yeah, there are times I will, but mostly it's just in playful fun. Uh, but for myself, like, I hardly actually judge people and think of them like in a uh, negative way. But it's it's sometimes it's human nature. And, and with that, it's like, um, just talking about it should be a normalized thing. But fortunately, people don't have common sense about that stuff. And therefore, they go into therapy. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I had a pastor counselor share with me once that like a counseling tip. I'm sure Dean, you would agree. It's like when someone shares something with you, you have to like keep a straight face. You Inside, you might be doing somersaults and thinking, oh my gosh, this is like the most bizarre, messed up thing I've ever heard. But you cannot visibly show that. Like you have to just hear someone if they're sharing something with you obviously this is like cer certainly from a counselor's perspective but but as a friend too like um yeah if someone's sharing something something that sounds crazy to you something like you don't maybe understand like i think that's a great um counselor's tip that this pastor gave me it was like um yeah do all the somersaults and screaming inside that you want to do but on the outside like be there for them listen um show them that you're there and that you're not frightened and um yeah i hope i hope this can just like um, give people voice. I hope people like figure out safe people that, that they can talk to because um, it's about you, but it's also about them too. And so that's something you have to consider. I'm in my early thirties and honestly, I can trace my very first fetish all the way back to first grade. I have distinct memories of certain boys in my class and desires that I felt for them and for other boys in general. And I have storybooks full of these fetishes, these fantasies fleshed out. 
journals that, that go back to innocent seven, eight, nine-year-old times, something that grew darker over time, certainly through puberty, but well into my 20s and even into today. And over the course of three plus decades, I can trace multiple fetishes, clothing and body parts and elaborate fantasies. I can trace them to specific moments in time. And, and on the one hand, I've never understood my fetishes better than I do now. I've processed a lot in journaling and conversations and, and certainly in therapy. But just because I understand them doesn't mean I'm done feeling the shame that I feel for some of them. To be quite honest, some of them consume me at times. I idolize them and maybe for lack of a better word, I worship them. They consume my time and my energy and, and ultimately they rip away my gaze, my fixation, my ultimate focus on God on doing his will, loving him and, and loving others. It's one thing to have a dark desire, or it's one thing to have a shameful one. And it's another thing altogether to have a consuming one. I've lost sleep looking at pornography or exploring other digital outlets for my fetishes, my shameful fantasies. And there are times where I think I'm getting over it or I've achieved enough progress to do without. And then slowly but surely, desire returns and it's like an itch that I can't stop. And to be quite honest, I feel addicted. I am an addict. I'm desperate for recovery. Therapist, minister, researcher, and author, Jay Stringer, wrote a book called Unwanted, How Sexual Brokenness Reveals Our Way to Healing. And on his website, he wrote an article called What Your Sexual Fantasies Might Say About You. And his words really land with me as someone who deeply struggles with, with his shame, with sexual brokenness, and with trying to figure out what to do with the cards I was dealt, how to move forward, how to not necessarily get over the fetish, but how to live with it. In his article, Stringer states, for too long, the evangelical community has treated sexual fantasies and sexual struggles as something to condemn. Addressing sexual fantasies through the lens of abhorrent behavior intensifies shame and therefore deepens your involvement in the very behavior you wish to stop. There is another approach. It begins by listening to your lust. Internet search bars and browser histories expose your sin, but far more, they reveal the unaddressed and therefore unresolved stories of your life. Sexual fantasies are roadmaps. They pinpoint the location of your past harm and highlight the current roadblocks that keep you from freedom. The sooner we assume a posture of curiosity for our sexual fantasies, the more we will prepare our hearts for the redemptive work ahead. Stringer goes on to say, everyone has an arousal cocktail, a mixture of thoughts, images, stories, and fantasies that influence the content we find arousing. In isolation or in toxic religious cultures, we believe sexual fantasies reveal our iniquity. 
In reality, sexual fantasies reveal our wounds and even the God-given desires we have for comfort, belonging, and risk. He concludes, sexual fantasies are messengers. You may not like the news they bring, but they will knock on the door of your life until you listen to what they need to tell you. One evening of deliberate curiosity about your sexual fantasies will take you further into transformation than a thousand nights of prayerful despair. And so, my brothers, you who have long felt fantasies and secret fixations that bring you great shame, things that rob you of your time, your self-worth, your passions, your relationships, especially your relationship with the Almighty. Rest in this unsettling revelation. He knows. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows each breath and each step you take. And he knows your heart, for he made it. He knows what beckons you in all the ways. And he longs for you to be free of all the shame. May we not be afraid to confess our idols and lay them down before the one who sculpted us, knew us even before the womb. He is not surprised or put off by our secrets. He wrote connection into our hearts, into our very stories, into what we're really after. And so may we step boldly with a thoughtful curiosity into the deepest levels of our humanity. We are all wired and hungry some of us starving for connection. And this is a valid, lovely thing. May we rightly channel our hunger how God calls us and let us hide no longer in the garden, afraid for how we may be seen, truly seen. It is time we step out, first within ourselves, further and further into new life. Well, this episode has been a long time in the works, and yeah, I don't think it disappointed. I don't think like like seven out of my dozen fetishes, no disappointment after afterwards. <laughs> Thank you. No, I I love talking <laughs> about I love talking about sexual topics with y'all. Not you know for the reason that y'all just have a very mature approach to it. Like I feel like a lot of people. I mean, I say that and there's been so many jokes and there'll probably be so many jokes cut out of this episode. So, um, but no, in all seriousness, like I, I, I look up to you guys as people that I can have conversations like this with, cause I don't know who in my life, um, there's not many people in my life, if I'm being honest, that I could have a conversation about fetishes with, like, who would I talk to about that? Um, not that again, not that I shared them with you on this episode, but, um, at least the concept of it, admitting that I have them hearing that y'all have them too, like, um, I don't know. I feel a little lighter after this episode, after this conversation. And I hope, um, I hope we can have, yeah, more deeper dives like this because this has been on my heart for such a long time. So it feels like such a relief to finally, to finally fetishized with you guys. So thank you. Well, sometimes, uh, the most mature people are the ones who experience the most trauma. So that's both me and Dean. Yep. And I'm always down to be part of your fetishes, Tom. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys. We got some great Yabbers response in our Facebook group. If you want to comment um, on anything we said in this episode, if you want to talk about fetishes, um, 
not listing them out because we, again, we want to kind of be appropriate on a blog. So you can go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Check out the episode. What is it? 69. 69 post on fetishes. Um, answer some questions for us. Like, A, do you have any fetishes that you can think of based on like sort of the semi-organizational way we laid it out in this episode? Um, and do you have any origins for it? Can you trace it to anything? Is this a problem? Is this something that's like eating up um, your time, your attention, your idolization? Is it conflicting with um, like a marriage partner or, or something like that? Like, please share share as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Cause I know this is a big, heavy topic and maybe it's not worth sharing on the blog from your perspective, but um, if you don't mind sharing or calling the Yob line, we would love to hear um, your response to this episode. I'm curious to see how it landed with you. And a big thanks to Feta Cheese for sprinkling their goodness oh, all yeah. over this episode from no. beginning to end, covered with Feta. Thank you, Feta Cheese. We're so glad to have you aboard. Nope, I am not. You guys will never eat feta cheese the same way. <laughs> I don't really eat feta cheese anyway. Oh, I love feta cheese. I think I'll it's my favorite it, cheese. I won't, yeah, I won't remember like them sponsoring us because I think it's stupid. I sprinkle feta it's cheese. Mutual. I'm going to go back on this to, you know, propping up the sponsor. I sprinkle feta cheese on all of my salads. I love it on a salad. It is so good. I love feta cheese. And I, I love feta cheese even more after sponsoring our podcast on feta cheese. Thank you, feta. You guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back again for episode 70. We're just going to keep blazing a trail until, uh, yeah, until we see otherwise. For all your other brothers, my name is Tom. This is Dean. Hugs and kisses. This is Matt. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Laters. Thanks for listening to your other brother's podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. Theme music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Rousseau. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at yourotherbrothers.com. P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks, like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash your other bros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.